Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, we're going to begin a new chapter today, uh, Romans chapter 3. And uh, let me remind you of a couple of things uh, before we get into the verse-by-verse uh, study of Romans chapter 3. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church uh, located in Rome. He's not in Rome himself. He's actually in uh, Corinth, uh, and uh, he's writing this letter to uh, the believers in Rome. Now, uh, there had been a church established there, and... Uh, so uh, I think he's got a twofold purpose. Uh, one thing is that uh, uh, the purpose is to write to these uh, Christians who were who made up the, the local church there in Rome, and to uh, encourage them and instruct them. Um, but he wanted them to understand uh, that they're really saved. You know, the Bible says, "Make your calling and election sure." And so there were probably uh, people in the church at Rome that claimed to be Christians that had that really were not, just like any local church, um, you know, today. Many people make a profession or they claim to be Christian, but their problem is they have never understood the the the, the mechanics, so to speak, of salvation. And uh, Paul is going to explain that to them. There were there were both Jews and Gentiles in the church of Rome, okay, that had made a profession in Christ, but probably they were so, there, there. There was some Jews, or there were some Jews that um, that had made a profession in Christ, but they they still were holding on to their belief in the Mosaic Law. And so they had this idea that, yes, I understand that Christ is the Savior. I believe He is. But uh, uh, I think you still got to keep the law in order to make it to heaven. There were probably some confused Jews, as there were probably some confused Gentiles. You know, there's a lot of confused people in local Protestant churches today, as well as Catholic churches, that are confused. Uh, they don't understand salvation. Uh, you know, to me, it, it lays at the feet of the pastor. Uh, whoever pastors the church, if, if he's not saved and he does not understand salvation, and he's the main instructor uh, in regards to the Bible and Bible truths, well, then you're going to have a congregation that don't get it. And I want to tell you, and I don't say this with joy, there's just a lot of churches that, um, and I know I'm making a judgment here, but uh, I really do believe this in my heart, that the pastor doesn't understand salvation and neither do the people. Okay? Now, I'm not boasting here that uh, because I do, but I do. And that's what Paul is doing here. He is trying to show these Jews and Gentiles what salvation really is. And the first step in salvation is to realize you are a sinner. And not only that, but as a sinner, you cannot save yourself. 
someone has said that we are sinners by nature and we're sinners by choice and we're sinner by, sinners by practice. But we are born sinners. All right? And uh, so there's there's got to be a way that we can have this sin taken away from us. The Jews thought it was through circumcision and keeping the Mosaic law. Uh, some of the Gentiles, you know, they uh, they had different beliefs. Some of them were pagans, and they thought, that, you know, worshiping idols somehow got them to God. Uh, you know, uh, but what I'm saying is, I believe there's some churches today where the truths of salvation is just not taught not understood and i think now when you read matthew chapter 7 uh you'll find that jesus says by their fruit you shall know them and then he goes on to say for many shall say unto me that in that day what's he talking about he's talking about the day of judgment for all unbelievers i think he's talking about the great white throne judgment many shall say to me in that day have we not prophesied in thy name have we not cast out demons have we not done many wonderful works they're going to claim that they've done wonderful works they preach they've, they've they've cast out demons now surely those folks will go to heaven no because jesus goes on to say depart from me for i never knew you what was their problem well they had an outward profession they thought their good works their prophesying and their casting out demons and doing wonderful works was what it took to get them to heaven. And Jesus says, no, you're not going to heaven. Now, you say, preacher, do you believe it's going to be that way in the day of judgment for all unbelievers? Yes, I do. And I think, listen, I think a lot of people are confused, and the devil has deceived a lot of people. Look, the devil doesn't care how religious you get, whether you are a Catholic, Protestant, Jewish Muslim, whatever. He doesn't care how... The, the, the devil doesn't mind you being religious. What the devil minds is that you understand you are a lost, hopeless sinner and that the only way you can gain God's approval is to repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to depend completely on Jesus Christ and Him alone. He wants you to depend on yourself and Jesus. You know, some people say, well, yeah, Jesus saved me, but I believe I've got to live it and I've got to do this and that in order to stay saved. Well, then you are believing that it's Jesus plus you, and it's not. It's Jesus plus nothing, minus nothing. It's God's grace alone that saves us. We don't deserve it. As the old evangelist Oliver Green used to say, if we got what we deserve, we'll all burn in hell. Well, he was right. If we got what we deserve. But when we come as a, uh, as a repentant sinner and uh, turn from our sin to Christ and put our faith in him alone as our Savior, that's what brings salvation. All right, let's get into chapter 3. You know, uh, the preacher in me has got to come out just a little bit once in a while. Uh, I love teaching the Bible, but I, I've got to preach a little bit once in a while. And so uh, you just had a little sample of it there. Well, let's get into chapter 3. And uh, he's speaking to the Jews. Um, and remember, in, he's, he, he's writing this letter to the, to the church in Rome, which is made up both of Jews and Gentiles. Okay? What advantage, then, hath the Jews? 
or what profit is there of circumcision? What advantage or what profit is there in being a uh, offspring of Abraham and uh, and in keeping the ritual of circumcision? Verse two, much every way, chiefly the main thing he says because that unto them the Jews were committed the oracles of God. Well, that's right. Uh, God gave uh, his word to Jews. Uh, God gave the first five books, uh, inspired Moses to write them, uh, normally called the Torah, uh, or the Pentateuch. They're, they're the first five books of Moses. And, uh, of course, Abraham was the first Jew, and then Moses, God gave him the commandments, gave him the law. So the Jews have great advantage. Gentiles didn't get the law. The Jews did. Verse 3. <coughs> Excuse me. For what if some did not believe? Now, let's go back and look at that verse 2. Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Believe what? Believe the, the word of God. Shall their unbelief make faith in God without effect? In other words, uh, because some of the Jews claimed the law, and they had the advantage of the law, but they really didn't keep the law, they really didn't obey the law. So does their unbelief make faith of God without effect? And the answer is in verse 4, God forbid. In other words, no. Now just because they didn't believe doesn't mean that you're still not to have faith in God, which means that some of the Jews that had the law did not believe what they read. And the reason we know they didn't believe it because they didn't obey it. You know, obedience to God will always prove faith in God. That, that's the argument that, that James has uh, in the book of James. Uh, when he says faith without works is dead, well, it, it is. Uh, although you've got to understand that Paul is talking about justific justification before God, while James is uh, talking about justification before men. And uh, I don't want to get into that, but, but that's the difference. Paul and James do not contradict each other at all. He says in verse 4, God forbid, yet, yea, let God be true, and every man a liar. Okay? Whether the, you've been given the law, but whether you keep it or not doesn't mean that faith has been annulled. Faith in God is, is annulled. No. Let God be true, and every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who, who taketh vengeance? He said, I speak as a man. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? Well, again, he is saying that you Jews that are dependent upon, you know, your heritage, Jewish heritage to save you, um, it doesn't affect the righteousness of God. And, of course, verse 5 says, but if our unrighteousness commend um, or, or proves the, the, the righteousness of God, which it 
you know, it can't. Uh, shall, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? Is, is, God, is God being unrighteous and unfair because he judges those who say they keep the law but don't? No. God is still righteous. God doesn't change. You know, God's immutable. He doesn't change. Matter of fact, Malachi, he says, I change not. And uh, he, Paul says, God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? Well, he's got to judge the world by his righteousness, by the righteousness of God, not the righteousness of man. See, God's the only one that's righteous. Because the Bible says of humanity, there's none righteous. No, not one. Verse 7. For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? I'm going to stop right there and come back and spend some time on that verse. I know this is a short session, but but uh, the wording is, is uh, sort of difficult, and I want to spend some time on verse 7 and 8. And so uh, uh, I'm going to make this session short and come back and uh, we'll... Uh, uh, finish uh, verse 7 uh, through verse 20. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.